This is uh, Voyage, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade with Eric and Kyle. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week, we have a very special guest, uh, Voyage. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking the time today. I'm really excited to talk to you. I discovered your music um, a little bit late, to be honest with you. Um, it, I've, over the last year, I've taken a journey into the more of the chill synth um scene if you will is kind of more like dark synth and then traditional synth wave and um you know like uh, hotel pools and system 96 got me into more of this uh area of music and when i discovered you it's just i just want to remark how um good the production quality is how good the songs are i mean you really are a quite talented producer and so what I'd like to do is is to get to know you a bit and and talk about uh, your background as a musician. Um, did you I mean, is do you have a background in electronic music? Did you shift from one type of music into this? How did that start for you? Um, I never really had a, a background in um, any kind of music. Um, I remember growing up. Uh, my parents were kind of strict uh, in what kind of music we were allowed to listen to. Um, but I remember playing this game called Unreal Tournament when I was a kid. And in that game, they had a bunch of like uh, breakbeat and jungle drum and bass kind of stuff. And I was really, really into that music. But the only way for me to listen to it was to actually play the game because my parents, they wouldn't allow me to, you know, buy my own CDs and have uh, my own like radio in my room and stuff. Wow. Um, so that was kind of like the introduction for me into a kind of music that I really liked. Okay. So that's, um, <laughs> I mean, I've heard of like, of, of parents restricting television and whatnot, but not to have a radio. I, I, if I might ask, is it, did you, were you raised in a, like a religious household? Um, no, not really. I think the, uh, the music stuff kind of sticks out. It wasn't really, it, it wasn't really too strict in the sense that they really like gave us a list of like, this is what you li can, can listen to and can't listen to. It was more along the lines of, can we listen to this? And then they would say yes or no. Um, but they did introduce me to some good music like uh, Fleetwood Mac, for example, uh, which I still listen to sometimes. And that also makes me quite nostalgic. Nice. Yeah, I definitely uh, can relate to that. My, you know, my my first uh, introduction to music was obviously from my parents and what they listened to. So that has a, a big effect even on me now. I have a certain kind of nostalgia for their their music, even though I don't necessarily listen to it every single day. Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you could only listen to music that you were interested in via playing uh, video games, but Unreal Tournament is is pretty violent. It's a you know it's not a 
like a platformer or, or you know like a Zelda game and it's you know you're shooting people and and so I think that's an interesting juxtaposition between yeah uh the type of music that you wanted to listen to which breakbeats <clears throat> and stuff like that there's no vocals it's not violent it's not you know um disturbing in any kind of of way so it, it's just it's an interesting point uh that you bring up so how did you break yeah. how did you then continue to develop out of that obviously at some point you had a lot more freedom to uh, explore your tastes yeah so as as i grew up when i was a kid um we didn't really have access to internet yet and then once the internet came around uh that's really when i was kind of able to explore this music that i knew from from the games that i played uh, which was mostly drum and bass at the time and with software like limewire for example i was able to just kind of find my own music and being a bit older at that time already kind of i think my parents just kind of said okay um they're going to you know find the music anyway so um at that point they also gave me this mp3 player which was like a, a 64 megabyte usb stick basically yeah and i would just load it up with like really low bit rate uh, mp3s i found on limewire of music i liked yeah that's really um yeah, that's that, that's a very interesting way. So you you were able to sample then um, a wide array of of things. Were you were you just listening to specific songs that you liked, or like playlists, or were you listening to whole albums from artists? Um, I think it was some of the music I was listening to was also kind of uh, some songs that were popular in school i remember uh, acdc was kind of big uh, yeah. in this in my school so i would listen to that um for me it was i was i was really into the drum and bass stuff at the time and i, I would listen to labels like uh, uh virus recordings and hospital records um I, there weren't really like any specific artists uh that i would like religiously follow it was more along the lines of uh, following a label, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I did the same thing when I was uh, a teenager because uh, it was before the internet and before they didn't play what I liked on the radio. So I'd be like, okay, well, this record label puts out stuff I like, so I'm just going to buy on blind faith that this whatever album is going to be good because it's from the same label. Like They were curators yeah. of things that I liked. Yeah, basically, uh, it was basically the same for me, I think. All right, that's cool. Uh, so, drum and bass, breakbeats. <coughs> um, that's obviously more, you know, it's a little more dance-oriented. Um, where, When did the shift happen for you where you know, you're going from something a lot more high energy to where mm -hmm. you're at now? What, what, when did that happen? I think it was um I think it was around 2015 2016 kind of. Um I'm I'm like a real internet person kind of. Um and one of the genres of music that caught my attention at the time was vaporwave and I was really interested in the like the production side of it because at that time I was already producing my own music. Um and I just thought it was always interesting to like 
look at different genres and see how they make uh, things. Um, Vaporwave really got my attention because the way they made the music was so different than uh, any of the other uh, genres of music I was looking into. Um, and then I started kind of experimenting with that sound a little bit and getting to know the genre. And from there on, I kind of went into synthwave stuff. And then that kind of naturally led me towards uh, the Electronics Gems uh, YouTube channel. And that's where I kind of picked up on this style of music that, you know, a lot of people nowadays call Chilsons. Yeah. I'd like to back up to um, when you started making music. Uh, so it sounds like you started tinkering um, before you got into Vaporwave. So when when did you pick up production? Did you start off with an actual instrument or did you start playing around with software? How did that work for you? Um, I remember when, when I was a kid, when I was like uh, eight or nine years old, we had this, uh, family computer in the hallway and my dad installed a whole bunch of, uh, like pirated software he got from my uncle. Um, and one of those programs was Fruity Loop Studio, which is a software to make, uh, music. Yep. Um, and I kind of started playing around with it kind of like it was a video game really. Um, I couldn't make sense of it because my English at the time was pretty much non-existent. So I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just pressing random buttons until noises came out, I guess. And then um, when I turned 15, I kind of went back to it again, um, just kind of out of boredom slash maybe a little bit of interest. Um, and at the time, when I was 15, my, my English was already pretty good, so now I could kind of make sense of what I was doing and that immediately opened up this really big world uh, of just being able to creatively express myself but also just something that's really interesting to me I love looking into the like the technical stuff of music production so it was kind of I, I felt like I kind of discovered my my thing at the time and then that kind of quickly turned into a hobby and then that quickly turned into a passion yeah um i remember fruity loops when it first came out and that's what i when i made music that was my introduction into making electronic music when it was when it was called fruity loops and it was pretty simple um because mm -hmm. it was the very early version so you could kind of you were able to mess around with it and make sounds and kind of put things together um pretty quickly because it was such a um, simple program, at least initially, you know, obviously now it's a, you know, professional folks use FL studio for those that don't know. And yeah. Fruity Loops turned into FL. Um, and now it's, it's quite the robust, um, DAW, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, very similar, you know, pirated copy of, of Fruity Loops and just started, I, I started by trying to copy other electronic songs, um, and see right, if I right. could reproduce those on my own. And, you know, it wasn't, it, they were really basic, but basically, you know, I was teaching myself how to program um, initially, and then I moved past um, Fruity Loops because it was pretty simple, and it didn't sound, the, the sounds weren't great back in the early yeah, yeah. 2000s, so I moved on to, to other things, but um, yeah, it's a very similar uh, background, and it's really just 
what it sounds like what you're saying is that you just you played around with it and you kept at it until you know it it, it went from being a curiosity to being a passion of yours yeah basically yeah and did you um and from that <clears throat> did you ever bring in like hardware synths at all or are you strictly in the box um i was in the box for a very long time uh i was always kind of reluctant to buy hardware because of the the price uh right. of hardware pieces obviously um and then i think a bit over a year ago i bought my first synth which was a cork prologue and I started playing around with it and I immediately fell in love with it. And then a few months later, I bought my second one. <laughs> and yeah. It's an <laughs> and expensive now hobby. I have, <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I have the Prologue and the Moog Matriarch. And I really love using these things. And I feel like I've been missing out. But I mean, I have them now. So. Is it like a whole new world has opened up to you? Like, do you feel like really creatively <clears throat> energized? It's um, I feel with software since you're just not really involved as much with the creation and the right. recording of the sound, and having those extra steps of involvement, it just adds, um, it just adds something. I don't really know what to call it, but it just makes it feel a little bit more special. It's kind of like listening to an album on vinyl instead of on a streaming service, right? Yeah, because the the sounds are more robust because it's being produced and not emulated. It's actually being physically produced by hardware, and yeah, it has a response and a tonality and textures that you could affect in real time and fine tune. As you say, in a in a program, it's very difficult to do. It can approximate pretty well, um, mm -hmm. but it just isn't quite the same thing as a hardware synth and and the false sound that it can produce. Um, mm -hmm. So how did Voyage as a, as a project start? Um, so when I originally uh, started making music, I was still really into drum and bass. And uh, I did that from 2011 until pretty much like 2017, 2018 kind of. Um, the problem with drum and bass I had was that technically it was it's really advanced, it's really difficult to make, and I felt like I was spending too much time on the technical aspects of the songs, and I kind of got burned out by it, and I felt like a lot of the time was wasted and that I could spend actually making a cool song instead of just, you know, spending so much time on the tiniest details. Right. Um and then in summer of 2017, I um, started kind of... <clears throat> the idea that I had was to kind of make like an upbeat synthwave song. And then the same way uh, that they do in Vaporwave, where they kind of slow down the song. Okay. Um, and that was basically how I made Paradise. And I sent that off to Electronic Gems. I uploaded it on my SoundCloud and Bandcamp and I... I thought I'll just come up with a cool artist name, I guess Voyage will do. <laughs> um, and then Electronic Gems picked it up and it just kind of started from there. So that's a really lucky story. Electronic <clears throat> Gems uh, as a platform is, has been has helped break a lot of artists. 
and uh you know dan is i mean he's doing really great work with what he does um and people really get to discover great music and so i'm really thankful for electronic gems and what they do um because it's so important and yeah i um we talked about this with some other artists like how how a lot of us like our music career kind of came into existence because of dan because of the youtube channel and introducing us to this large audience i probably wouldn't be where i met as voyage if it wasn't for uh for electronic gems what i appreciate is that if the music's good he's he's just gonna put it out there um and it doesn't seem like a gatekeeper service you know when i was making electronic music in the early 2000s uh it, big record companies still sort of ruled the roost and the mm -hmm. ubiquity of online things just wasn't there you had myspace i remember myspace being the first thing where you could discover underground music and underground communities but there was still an aspect of of uh gatekeeping a bit you know there were barriers it was hard to get your music out there and i think people and you could agree or disagree i think people in, the, in that time were less had less versatile ears you know like you had to be a particular genre you, know, you had to be drum and bass you had to be rock or folk or electronic or whatever it was and if you mixed in other elements i think it upset a lot of people so if you were doing you know i remember doing things that were kind of what would be dark synth today or cinematic music and people really didn't understand it or or like it um just because it didn't adhere to a strict mm. you know this is what this genre is and um yeah yeah and so I like that a thing like electronic gems exists and you could be different. And we have all these genres now because obviously chill synth is one particular thing, but there are new other genres developing all the time as people find new and interesting ways to do things with electronic music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you got picked up by electronic gems and you, it just kind of like, it just took off from there. And so did you, you got the one song done. Did you quickly produce more? Did you take time to produce more material? Um, I think if I remember correctly, I, I did, I already kind of had, uh, an idea for a second song, but at that point the like paradise itself wasn't really it hadn't really taken off to the degree that it eventually would so i wasn't really sitting there thinking oh i i need to capitalize on this or something like that it was more the idea of just i'm actually really enjoying making this kind of music um so why don't i just make more of it and some people are interested in it so i can just keep going and I think it was kind of the second year when things started to kind of take off a lot more. Um, and that's when I started to see a little bit more of a potential, I guess, to grow. Um, and that's where I started to take it a little bit more seriously, I guess. There's so you you're you know you're taking it more seriously. You're, you're doing more things, and, and um, for you now, what? <laughs> 
what's the the challenge or the goal or what are you trying to do with with your music is it just an expression of ideas for you is it i mean what where's what's the the core inspiration to put music out as voyage um i think for me it's mostly just the enjoyment of doing it um i remember when i was like 15 16 and i was making my first few songs i was just there was something really unique about the feeling of making music and having that music actually be something that you really like. Um, and that's never really changed for me. Um, for me, it's really just, I feel like making music, let's make music. And that gives me such a good feeling. And that's the main motivation uh, and inspiration for me to make the music. Is it like creating music that you want to hear yourself? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I definitely understand that. It's a really, it's a, it, it's fun. You, it sounds like you like the experimentation and the discovery of, of making electronic music, and then you're you're making things that you would want to hear in your own personal music collection, essentially. Yeah, basically that. Um, so you talked about vinyl before, um, I don't, I don't think you have anything out on vinyl, do you? Uh, nope. So is, is the physical format an important aspect for you to get your music onto? Do you have a relationship with vinyl? Um, personally, I only own one piece of vinyl. (laughs) Uh, I like the idea of having my own music on vinyl um but i haven't really gotten to the point of actually collecting uh vinyl itself um especially because i live in europe it's sometimes difficult to uh motivate myself to buy uh, a piece of vinyl from the us for example because we have to pay import taxes all the time right and then you know, a piece of vinyl would be like, uh, I'm guessing 25, 30 euros of import tax, which starts to add up quite quickly. It's basically as much as the record itself. Yeah, basically. So you're paying, you're paying for the shipping, you're paying for the record, and then you're paying for an import tax. Yeah. So it's an extremely expensive hobby if you were to get into it, if you're buying records from the US. So that's, that's definitely a barrier. Um, so because I remember, um, I recently released a cassette with, uh, Puget Sound Collection. Yep. Um, and they sent me four, four copies for myself and I had to pay 36 euros of input tax on my own cassettes. Oh, that's rough. That's really yeah. rough. I mean, what's <clears throat> the, so that we're talking about VATS, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, can you help me understand a bit about why you have that or what what the purpose of vats is um i honestly i don't actually know (laughs) (laughs) um it used to be a different rule where if the item you uh, were shipping into europe was worth less than a specific amount of money i think it was like 25 euros or something then you wouldn't have to pay any uh fat on the item 
but then they changed it where now you have to pay uh, import tax on pretty much anything you buy outside of the EU. Yeah, that's rough. That's really, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I suppose in a way it, it forces you to buy local and to keep money within Europe as opposed to yeah. importing stuff. Um, and, and obviously every country has their version of, of trying to dissuade people from importing whatever product, um, be it mm -hmm. through tariffs or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's unfortunate. Is there, do you have any projects of your own that'll make it onto vinyl? Are you working on, on releases <clears throat> for Voyage? Um, I am working on that. Um, I don't think I can give away too many details, you don't but it's to. basically uh, two final projects right now. Nice. That's exciting. Um, I just, I think. Yeah, I'm really excited about it myself. <laughs> um, is it material that's already out or is it upcoming material that you haven't released yet? You don't have to say what it is. Um, it's one of each, basically. Nice. So that's really exciting. And, and I really, you know, what, again, as I discovered your music, um, I was like trying to find it on vinyl. I was like, oh, that, I, I just found it weird because again, the, the quality of, of your production um, is so good that I'm like, I want to hear this music on vinyl. I want to hear it through my mm -hmm. stereo system. C can we, so you talked a bit about how you like to experiment and, um, and, develop your sound um how how have you come about your your skills in production then is it just you've just experimented this whole time have you worked with people um because it it sounds so good um i think for me i started making drum and bass at first and i did that for seven years and the bar of production quality is so high in that genre like it's notorious for being just really difficult to make and when i came into this genre i noticed that whenever i you know looked at for example home live streaming some of his projects i noticed like this is just the production level is lower i think um because it just doesn't really matter too much in the genre. It's more about the music itself and mm -hmm. the vibes and the feeling of the songs and not necessarily the production uh, level. Um, and I just kind of carried over a bunch of drum and bass uh, production techniques. And I remember talking about some of these techniques uh, to some Chilson producers and most of them just go, what kind of magic is this? Why, why are you doing this? Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's just, it's super impressive. And when we're talking about um, the production level of drum and bass, let's talk, let's break that down a little bit. Are you talking about the, the actual aspect of, um, of programming the, the music and the involvement of the details in the actual making and putting the songs together? Um, mostly like the mixing techniques. Um, the problem with drum and bass is it's a really fast genre. There's so much happening all the time. Um, you need to give everything space, which is quite difficult to do when it's happening really quickly. Uh, it takes a lot of skill to be able to uh, 
um, get a drum and bass song to sound good um, because of that. Yeah, I would imagine because it get it can get. And from my own experience, um, when you're doing something that's like say bass heavy or beat heavy, it's really easy to get muddled sounds and everything gets mm-hmm. washed out. And so for everything to cut correctly, and especially if you're if it's fast and you're doing break beats <clears throat> and things like that, I, I I guess I didn't even think about that component of like the the mixing is so vital for that music to even be listenable because if if it's muddled and it's just a noisy mess it's you can't listen to it Mm -hmm. yeah and so you brought those and i I find that it's a very fascinating uh thing to me and i've talked about this with a lot of different producers especially if they've come from different backgrounds and what they bring into uh you know whatever synth related genre that they have and and some of their their techniques of how they you know, they, they brought from other forms of music into this to make it sound um, different and stand out amongst other um, artists. And I, and again, I, as mm-hmm. I say, it's, it's very clear, like your mixes are very clear. Um, you get to really a lot of the, the fullness, the texture, the subtleties. I'm half deaf. So the fact that I pick up on so much detail well with your music is really impressive uh, because I'm not, um, I don't have. I physically just don't have the capability of of listening or catching some of the the finer aspects of of mixing. So right, right. It's it's very impressive. So you've got two vinyl projects. Um, that is like I'm excited. Obviously, we don't have to talk about um, what they are. Let's talk about the the future um, for a bit. Um, is there at this point? Um, new things you want to explore, different facets of your creativity that you're putting into your music, or are you still sort of in the same space musically? Hey there, TPA listeners, Eric here. Sorry for interrupting, but this is the part where we do some shameless self-promotion. And we'd like to give our sincere thanks for listening to the show. And we are just as surprised as you are for listening. But since you're here, we'd like to highly encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, for all things The Paradise Arcade, you can also visit us on theparadisearcade.com. Please like, share, and review our episodes. We like interacting with you. We like to hear your feedback. What's your favorite part of the interview? What you thought was interesting? Who we should get on the show next? Those are all important things that we'd like to hear. And the last thing, if you really like the show and you want more and you want to contribute, you could do something for us. You could find us on Patreon. You can contribute as little or as much as you want. On Patreon, you'll find some exclusive content that we will continue to update. Mostly, we just want to say thanks for listening. We appreciate you. So let's get back to it. You are now listening to Paradise Arcade. Um, I'm in, I think for a majority, I'm still kind of in the same space. Um, one of the things I kind of started to reflect on uh, in the past few months was kind of how my earlier songs, they... I enjoy listening to them more, um, even though they are much more simple in terms of um, just kind of the music and also the production. Uh, when I look at like the past two years, some of the songs I made, they felt a little bit overproduced in some ways. And reflecting on that has kind of put me in 
a similar mindset as I had when I started the Voyage project. Um, and as a result, I've been able to find um, making music to be a bit more fun now um, without taking things too seriously and just focusing on making uh, a, a cool song, really, um, with a nice vibe to it. Um, and I think that's kind of how I want to try to move forward is to I want to keep doing what I'm doing right now and I just want to I, I want to be able to to uh, keep the joy um, that I had at the start without in taking things too seriously basically yeah it's really easy I think to get into your own head as you start with a project and it picks up and people start to like it and you start producing a thing and you get a reaction that you go, well, I need to do it better. I need to add more of this. I need to spend more time in this detail. And you get, mm -hmm. it's easy to get lost in the weeds and forget why you started in the first place. Um, and I've heard this conversation or I've heard this point and what you're talking about from a lot of different musicians from like every type of music um, about yeah. how you lose it's easy to lose the thing that uh, made your music unique. When you start to know much, too much about music theory, um, it can interfere with your music because it's a set of rules. And if you start to let those set of rules interfere with your creative process, you could it could interfere with the joy of, of making music for yourself or it doesn't sound like you anymore because you're adhering to whatever set of, of chord progressions or et cetera. Um, so yeah, basically, yeah, I like the fact that you're like, go back, make it simple, make it fun. Don't put too much. If it sounds good, it feels good. Then it is good. Basically. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and then just make sure, you know, that the, the, the mix is clear and you're good to go. And I think that's a, a, a better place to, to go, f to make music from, um, mm -hmm. is that pure, fun, exciting, human element as opposed to like you're getting stuck in your head and, and again there's some artists that that do that really well and that's what they like to do is to get into those things but it's not it, sh it shouldn't have to be the standard yeah yeah i agree so that i mean that's that's really um i'm interested to hear that i'm interested to hear that change or what you you know the new album that comes out or music that comes out and and hear that um uh, I just, I find it really interesting and I'm glad that you got to that sooner. I am, I'm always reminded by an interview that I saw with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails where it basically took him 25 years to get to the point that you're talking about where mm. he would spend six, seven years on an album obsessing <laughs> over every single detail and every single sound and tone and replacing like making instruments and recording them and then running them through various fill, you know, just so much. And he's like, now I put the, I put the album out. It's the statement of me in the time and place. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be this magnum opus, every single album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really, um, <clears throat> that's fascinating. Are, are you, are you going to stay focused on, you know, the strictly the, the music component? Obviously, vinyl's coming in. Have you thought about 
Um, do you do live shows? Are you interested in doing things like that? Um, I have thought about it. Um, I do have, I have my two synthesizers and I also have some uh, two MIDI controllers, maybe three laying around. Um, the thought has popped up in my head. Um, I just never really felt like I had um, a large enough back catalog yet to really get a live show going. Um, the other problem as well is that chill synth as a genre isn't really that popular in Belgium or the neighboring countries. Yeah. Um, it's very popular in the US and that's where uh, more than half of my audience is situated in the US. But I mean, going to the US and playing some shows, that's a, that's a completely different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's <clears> definitely... It- it's interesting, uh, and that's where I, I, I kind of wanted to talk to you because, like, uh, you know, we're saying before we were recording is that I think you're the only person that makes chill synth in all of Belgium. I, I, I maybe at least I as do, far as I know, um, I do know two people. Um, I know uh, Jasper de Geuster, I think he's called. Uh, he's from Belgium, uh, and then we also have the Bacher, who is also uh, from Belgium. I think he's kind of moving away a little bit from chill synth um but i think apart from us three i can't think of anybody else yeah and um as far as like thinking like in europe you've got atmo who's now in the u.s you've got allison Mm -hmm. who's well he's in peru right now um you've got memorex memories who's scotland uh, but there's not yeah. a lot of prominent, and I'm probably going to get butchered because I'm saying this because I'm leaving some people out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's not a lot, of, and it's mostly, as you say, in the U.S. There's a lot of opportunity um, for live shows in the U.S. There's there's quite a few promoters um, that'll put on shows, and people come. It's it's so surprising to me because I I'm a promoter where I'm where I'm from and put on uh, live synthwave chillwave dark wave shows and it's always mm-hmm. surprising to me that people show up to come and watch chill synth you can yeah. have, you actually get an audience that shows up and goes i'm gonna listen to this this is what i want to do and i went to a festival last year where it was a a chill wave um themed night and man it was packed it was there's a lot of people there for it um so yeah i think uh the potential is definitely there um this one time I actually almost uh, got a, a show in the Netherlands uh, and it was like this lay down concert where they would put a bunch of uh, like sofas and mattresses on the floor and the people contacted me and they said like your music would be perfect for this and I got really excited for it but then eventually they didn't go through with it which I was kind of disappointing but yeah. You're going to have to come to the U.S., buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah, at one point. Um, so I, what do you, why do you think that is? Do you have a perspective as to why that particular... Because America's not known for being chill. I mean, it's a funny thing. Um, everything's... A lot of things are so bombastic, musically and culturally, mm-hmm. that this particular genre of music is so popular. I mean, do you have any insight or opinion onto that? Um, 
I, I don't actually know. It's something that I've been kind of wondering myself as well, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I, I think I can only speak to my own personal reasoning, which is, you know, especially in the last couple of years, everything has been so stressful. And it seems like popular music in the U.S., it only seems to be going ratcheting up in intensity, you know, mm-hmm. either BPMs or sounds or it's almost noise cacophony a bit um and i've always loved electronic music and i've listened to you know uh, orchestral music and folk music and i'm not just strictly based in one kind of thing and um chill synth seems to take a uh, things that i like from a lot of different genres of music and put it into into one because it's not ambient music by any stretch of the imagination um Mm -hmm. so i find it really calming and especially like in the busy world, I live in a, a bigger city. Um, it's nice to have chill synth as a as a break from uh, just the chaos that um, it could that life can be, especially you know with COVID and our political upheavals and things like that. It, it's I find it very centering. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's my own personal uh, perspective. I can't. I don't know why that works for other people, but you know, you've got an artist like Com Trues who he's got basically hip hop he's got hip hop ish beats you so you could bop along to it but the music is pretty calm and chill um and he's pretty big um here in the US so um it's it's very interesting um and i th- thank you for <laughs> sharing your thoughts or you're you're confused as well i guess yeah um who for you is um doing interesting things in electronic music it doesn't have to be strictly um chill synth but you know you're a producer now you're in an established scene um so you you're in it um who Mm -hmm. who's doing interesting things in your opinion um i think in like chill synth in general um i remember um when Hotel Bus last year kind of uh, released his uh, album Palmscapes. Yeah. Um, I think that was kind of, uh, that kind of changed my look into Chilson a little bit because uh, Chilson to me was always the genre that it like had to sound bad quality on purpose kind of deal where it sounds like it's uh, recorded on like a broken tape recorder kind of deal right and uh when hotel pools came out with that album it kind of showed me that you can actually have really clean modern sounding uh music but still have it be chilson at the same time yeah absolutely i will absolutely agree with you ben um his background as a professional musician and uh, history really i think with palmscapes he really leaned into that and instead of uh maybe like fitting into conventions of shill synth he's like going back and in using his strengths and making really really um crisp music and the the mix on palmscapes is so good like listening to it in the headphones or whatever <clears throat> circumstance it just it feels really good it's really clean um yeah and it has some different tones it's not just strictly because he's kind of known for like this palm like beach sort of like 
very specific idea of chill, but he's he has some darker sounding um, songs on that record that are a little more, slightly more almost menacing. Um, and he has all those collaborations on that record too, which is really um, interesting and, and fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. It seems like with that record, he just really leaned into like, his skills as a producer, but then also opening himself up to other creative ideas from outside influences. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something that um, you're interested in doing is collaborating with folks? Um, or is that something that you don't do that often? Um, I have, I remember uh, the only clip I did uh, as Voyage that was released was with Yuutsu um back in i think 2018 i think uh i have tried collabing um but it it never really ended up getting to the point of like actually finishing the song um i always find that my strength is really to kind of work on my own sure yeah that makes sense i mean um I've I personally find it very hard to collaborate with people as well. Um, it, it feels like unless that person is fulfilling um, a deficit of mine um, that mm-hmm. can come in and understand what I'm trying to do, I find it really difficult to to tap into the other person's whatever they're doing and and collaborate in a way. Unless you know, like I've been in bands before where you have your instrument that you play and the other person plays those in, you know, that's a different scenario. But when it's electronic music and when it's everything, you're all, you're working on everything together. Um, it's, I've not found that to be, uh, like productive myself yet. I don't know. I mean, we'll, you never know how that happens. Yeah. That's where I'm like Mm -hmm. impressed with Ben or hotel pools is that he's able, he collaborates with everybody. I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing that he's able to, um, tune into other people so well yeah yeah i think um i i talked to him um i think two times about doing a potential club i think we we need to kind of get kind of actually do it at this point i think that if there's anyone that could do it with you would be ben i don't know what he has a particular and what he's told me is that he doesn't talk to the person in the collaboration it's just sending mm. files back and forth and you just you just work on it together and you let the music essentially talk for itself. And yeah. he, he's not giving directions. He's not receiving directions back. It's just how it feels. And then you go back and forth until it's done. And I found that really interesting that for me, it'd be difficult to not have a conversation <laughs> about what what I'm doing with another person. So... I again mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very I've always very impressed with Ben and his skills and his ability. Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ben's a good friend. Uh so, you know, I've we did a album breakdown on Palmscapes with him and you know, so I've had a I've got a lot of insight into that album and his his mindset and and how he did it. So, I've just whatever I, you know, and able to have a conversation with him. I'm always very impressed. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
you know, you've got maybe maybe collaborations in the future is not really your thing. Um, is there another artist besides Hotel Pools that you think is is doing interesting things that are that's exciting to you? Um, I think outside of uh, Chilson, I'm still like. I'm still active in the drum and bass scene. I just don't really make the music anymore. And um, in that scene, uh, there's this uh, artist called Imanu, um, who is kind of, he kind of took drum and bass into a completely different direction. Um, And drum and bass is a genre that's, you know, originally started in the 90s. So you have a lot of like original jungle heads, as they say. Yeah. who are like very strict on what's welcome in terms of like new ideas in the genre. Yes, gatekeepers. Um, it's always, yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. purists. Yeah, and uh, seeing someone like Imanu kind of, you know, say like, look, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to do my own thing and actually be successful with it as well. I think that's really refreshing to see. I agree with you. That's And it's why I love... Um a lot of the synth based and i'm going to use synth as a as the umbrella term um because mm-hmm. there's just a lot less rules there's a lot they're just people you could just hear things and you're just like where did that come from how did that sound even um things can come and be so fully developed and interesting and i like that uh whereas like you know you have rock music is rock music and yeah there are people that push the envelope but it kind of has its rules, right? Like you have to follow mm-hmm. these, this formula essentially. Um, and so when people break conventions, it's always exciting to me. And I, and I think I have probably a really frustrating taste in music, especially the people that are maybe not as musically uh, nerdy as I am that where there's artists that can, that could do multiple genres and conventions in one song and one album. So when you're listening to it, like it's not strictly like, thematically all the same it's it's different it 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 changes and moves as you listen to it mm, yeah um so yeah those that's very exciting um it's interesting thank you for for talking about your background in drama bass i find that it's, it's a very interesting um background to have uh going into what you're doing is there so is it what I'm hearing is that it's the vibe of chill synth that kind of drew you in and has kind of held you in place. Yeah. That's basically it. That's um, completely valid. It's a, it's a very interesting um, uh, aspect. And I, I guess for me, this it's the same thing. I love the vibe. I love just having it. Um, I find with chill synth and with your music, you could tune into it. You could be, you could pay very close attention to what's going on, or you could have it on in the background and it's still equally enjoyable. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, uh, like throughout this whole interview, I've been listening to my come truce playlist. Um, and I can just have it on in the background like now, but whenever I'm driving in my car, I'll, I'll also put on some come truce and then it's really engaging music. Yeah, Absolutely. And I love that. I love that because you could tune into the vibe. And I think that's a really great way of, of describing, I think, one of the key features of the music. And then people like mm-hmm. yourself and Hotel Pools or Comtrues, um, the technical 
details and aspects. There's there's something there for everybody. Um, well, not everybody, because not everyone likes electronic music. So that's, but people that like electronic music, if you like it for the the ambiance or vibe, or you like it because you appreciate programming and the technicality, it it could be both things for you. And those are the artists mm-hmm. that stand out to me. Memorex Memories is another um, guy that stands out for both vibe and technicality of his production. Yeah, every time he releases a new song, um, people in the Chilson Discord are like, damn, <laughs> this yeah. sounds so good. Yeah, or like Eagle Eye Tiger. Um, he, yeah. It, it, he does things where... And I, I want to talk to him, and, and we keep like missing uh, uh, stuff, like stuff's going on with him or stuff's going on with me, so we haven't been able to line up. But I'm really interested to talk to him because it feels like very clearly he comes from a different musical background that, like you, yeah. he's applying it to what he's doing now, and he's doing such interesting things. He's uh, he's like the, um, the artist I send people when I want to introduce them to Chilsent. Because it's um, he has songs that are like more like traditional, I guess, chill synths. But yep. then he also has these songs that have vocals and that sound a lot darker. And there's just a lot to find in his uh, in his catalog of music. Yeah, absolutely. I find just the the diversity of his sound um, mm-hmm. and vibe because he could do different vibes, and he um, could make things that are really that are faster glitchier or very mellow or almost folksy that's the thing is like the use of like acoustic sampling acoustic instruments or whatever he's do i don't know what he's doing um <laughs> and uh and making these sounds is, is so impressive and enjoyable at the end of the day for me is there anything else that we should cover and talk about while, while i've got you here um I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm working on an album uh, for the people that haven't seen it. I haven't really talked about it too much. Um, I posted on my Twitter, I think. Okay. Album. Is it going to be released um, uh, through a particular label or can, are you not able to reveal that yet? Um, the idea right now is to uh, release it on my own um, and then, you know, potentially have a final release with a different label nice well um i look forward to it i really appreciate your time today uh thanks for yeah, no on. problem i oh. enjoyed this this Absolutely. was good thank you thank you so much well until next time this is there and thank you Some motherfucking paradise I can